Greeting, gills and guppies, pikes and porpoises. It's time for another episode of Tales with a Whale. You're listening to your number one host in the ocean, the only marine biologist turned marine podcaster, me, Betty the Blue Whale. Welcome back to the show, where we talk all about the outrageous oceans and the marvelous marine life that live in it. As always, I'm coming at you from the famous underwater studio here at the bottom of the Pflugerville Ocean. If you happen to be a regular listener to all the great offerings from Go Kid Go, you might have heard of me thanks to my appearances on Whale of a Tail, that amazing adventure series starring Xavier and Atlas, those erudite explorers of the deep. Well, now I've got my own show, and it's time again to learn all about the oceans. As per usual, I am backed by my famous All Clam Jam Band. And my best pal and intrepid reporter, Bubbles the Seahorse. Hi, Bubbles. Howdy, Betty. Can't wait to share what we've got going on today. (laughs) Love the enthusiasm, as always, Bubbles. So let's get started. It's Monday, which means I'd like to start the show with one of my favorite segments... Cetacean Sensation. Cetacean is a fancy science word for animals like blue whales, porpoises, and dolphins, marine mammals that breathe air. In this segment, we highlight a sensational cetacean and a cool fact about them. And today, we are talking about the question on everyone's mind. What exactly is a porpoise? A porpoise is a marine mammal that looks similar in appearance to a dolphin, but is generally bigger. And even more interesting, though they look closer in appearance to dolphins, they are actually more closely related to tooth whales like narwhals and belugas. Porpoises have flatter, spade-shaped teeth, which differ from a dolphin's teeth, which are shaped more like little cones. And porpoises also have shorter beaks, which is the proper term for a dolphin's long nose or a porpoise's shorter one. Porpoises range in size from the smallest type of porpoise measuring just four feet to the largest porpoise called the doll's porpoise, which can be seven feet long. Not quite blue whale size, but they're still pretty big. Porpoises also communicate with echolocation like dolphins, but unlike dolphins, they tend to live a more solitary life while dolphins tend to enjoy living in more social groups. Hey, that reminds me of another ocean fact. What does a dolphin say when he's confused? Could you be more Pacific? (laughs) Like, could you be more specific? Get it? Oh, good, okay. That music from the All Clam Jam Band means it's time to move on with today's main segment and just in time too. Since it's Monday, that means we are going underwater to meet another fascinating creature of the sea in our segment called Sea Creature Feature. Give a warm Tales with a Whale welcome to our very special guest, the purple sea urchin. Isn't he incredible? My stars, that's one fearsome looking creature. (laughs) They certainly can be pretty intimidating at first glance, Bubbles. That's because the purple sea urchin is covered in purple spines, 
which is where it gets its name. Purple sea urchins are fascinating creatures that live along the Pacific coast from the northern part of the Baja Peninsula near Ensenada, Mexico, all the way to British Columbia in Canada. They grow to about four inches long and can live as long as 70 years. Easier to live longer when you're covered in pointed things. True enough, Bubbles. The purple sea urchin uses those spines and the teeth on its underside to dig holes into rocks in order to give themselves shelter. It also has many feet shaped like tubes all over its body, which it uses for moving around. The feet provide one more use for the purple sea urchin though. Sometimes food will float near the sea urchin, which it catches with its spines. Then the many feet covering its body will pass the food down to the five teeth-like plates on the underside of its body called Aristotle's lantern, which is named after the ancient philosopher who first noticed the sea urchin's uniquely shaped mouth. Aristotle thought that the mouth looked a little like the five-sided horn lanterns that they used in their time. And now that is what we call the sea urchin's mouth. <laughs> Pretty crazy, huh? I'd just like to say I prefer my lanterns without teeth. Thank you very much. Don't worry, Bubbles. The purple sea urchin has no interest in biting a seahorse. In fact, it is a consummate grazer, preferring to snack on algae and kelp. Purple sea urchins are actually such good grazers that when left unchecked, they can decimate whole kelp forests on their own. Their natural predator is the sea otter, and in places where sea otter populations decline, whether due to natural or man-made causes, scientists have observed something called an urchin barren, where the unchecked population of sea urchins eat everything in sight, including the important kelp forest habitats that are home to many other ocean creatures. This is a great example of why it is paramount that we preserve the delicate balance of our ocean's ecosystem because when one essential element is removed, such as a sea otter, it has consequences that ripple down the chain in ways that we know, and some that we don't. Okay, folks, well, that music means we've come to the end of another show. I'd like to thank Bubbles the Seahorse. Thanks for having me. The All Clam Jam Band. And, of course, our special guest, the purple sea urchin. Don't forget, folks, that we've got a lot of amazing content from Go Kid Go to check out. There's always a new show or new adventure dropping, so don't miss out. Just check out all our offerings wherever you get your podcasts. I'm glad we got to meet the purple sea urchin today. I hope he stays my friend and not my anemone. Okay, okay. That was a stretch. Sorry. So long, folks, and happy swimming! Woohoo! Go, kid, go!